It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. I'm your host, Publisher Ed Dean, one of my favorites. He's been on my radio show for the last 11 years. He comes on Florida Daily TV a lot. Um, a man who covers government spending, economics, and what's going on. And, and really, I mean, in simplistic, and I mean this, David, simplistic language. You see him on the Fox Business Network. He's the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance out of Washington, D.C., our good friend, David Williams. Uh, did you watch any CPAC recently? I watched very little. So of did it. I. Um, you know, because it's turned into a populist movement, right? Because they're talking about regulating big tech. They're talking about a lot of things that yeah. really aren't conservative. So CPAC has kind of lost me over the past few years, to be honest, Ed. Well, CPAC's lost me because I'm, I'm a talent like you. Can't you pay for a little bit of the talent? You know, they're run, they're run by a bunch of Scottish people like me because, you know, we love to save money out there. You know, David, I always tell people, Scots, we're so cheap that when you're yelling four on the golf course, I'm yelling 375. <laughs> so yeah, a little joke there. David, I want to talk a little, because I want to get to some economics here. You said it's become very populist. Um, that become a bad word? I kind of like a populist movement out there. Well, it is when you talk about tariffs, when you talk about regulation. So I think therein lies the problem, Ed, is that, you know, when you looked at President Trump, he was big on tariffs. Right. And that's, that's, a, that's a populist notion, right? Let's, you know, stick China for these tariffs. Well, guess what? It's American consumers that get stuck with these tariffs and people are buying into that. And it's the regulation of big tech. People are saying, well, conservatives are being thrown off of Twitter. Well, fine, but they're going other places like Parler, Gab. So there are other places. But conservatives are saying, well, we have to regulate big tech. We have to break up these big companies. No, you don't. And I think it's a trap by the left. I think the left loves the fact that Republicans are talking about regulating big tech. It's like, come on over to our side. Come on over to the side of regulation. Hold on, David. Hold on. First off, uh, you know, Florida Daily, we do very hundreds of thousands on Facebook that that read our articles and things like that. And I'm admit we got big numbers and I thank the Lord every day for it. But I mean, somewhat of our ads have been limited because they are somewhat political. But but David, I mean, you, you know, I do a lot more Facebook than you do because you work. And so anyway, so, but what I'm saying is, is I don't see Facebook eliminating my, my post or, I mean, I don't, I mean, some will argue, but then again, I don't use foul language. So I don't really see them deleting all of my questions or comments I may have for the audience out there. No. And listen, it's frustrating. I get it when people are, you know, shadow banned or their content is taken off. I get it. That's frustrating. But these are private companies. These are platforms. They have the right to do this. And I don't know if you saw this, Ed, but there's actually a new thing called, I think, Dispo, which really is, um, it's- Did you say Disco? Anyways. (laughs) Basically, it's a competitor to Instagram. So we have a really vibrant tech market out there. We have a lot of startups that are doing this. So there's no need for the government to come in and, you know, regulate. And listen, you know, Facebook, a lot of people sell stuff on Facebook. I'm not just talking about individuals. I'm talking about businesses, small businesses. Ed, we have talked to small businesses and they said, if it wasn't for Facebook, we wouldn't have survived the pandemic. They helped us reach a larger market. Excellent point. You know, here's the thing with Facebook. I'm with you. I, and by the way, David, I've known you well. I mean, we fish together. You're not a libertarian. You're you're a conservative. I mean, you may be. A, I'm not a, well, I always call them libertarians because they don't know if they want to be conservative. Because sometimes they're more left than the Democrats on some issues. But having said all of this, 
Um, I, yeah, I'm the first one to admit, I know you've said this, we do not like things being censored. But then again, right. here, and here's the problem, is conservatives feel they're being censored. Liberals feel that Facebook is not censoring enough out there. And the question is, is this going to be an issue, do you believe, or is it kind of quiet right now? And how do you solve it, or do you let the marketplace solve it? Marketplace solve this, Ed. And, you know, in 10 years from now, hopefully we're still talking in 10 years, and in 10 years from now, Facebook may not be a thing. I mean, people may move to different platforms. And, you know, right now the traffic on Facebook is way down, so people are already moving away from Facebook. Not because the government did anything, it's just because it's the natural evolution of the market that you know, next year there might be a whole new way for people to talk to each other. David, I got to, I, I wanted to talk, I, I may go back to CPAC, I may get the stimulus, but uh, one thing I love talking about you sometimes, as we always say, it's kind of off script, is as a business owner, you've run businesses, the goal of business is to increase business. Uh, I mean, Twitter has never really made a big amount of money, but whether you agree with Trump or not, my gosh, how do you eliminate 88 million people from reading the president's comments. I mean, you would think it would attract advertisers. The same thing with Facebook. It's got this cancer culture crowd. Dr. Seuss, for crying out loud, it's still a hot book. I never read it. I was too busy reading Lou Reichheiser from the Wall Street Journal when I was a kid. You like that joke. And the bottom line that I'm getting at is you're going to make millions off of these books. Why would you turn down the amount of money and the increased readership? Doesn't make sense. Exactly. Well, exactly. And, you know, Twitter is doing this to themselves, right? I mean, every time they throw someone off of Twitter, you know, this is not good for their business model. I mean, they think it is, but, you know, it may not be in the long run, but that's the decision every business makes, you know, and this is up to them whether they think they want more or, you know, fewer people. Here's the thing, Ed, there were 31 million people who saw the president speak at CPAC on Sunday on other social media. So he is not being silenced. I mean, that's, Pretty impressive to have 31 million people watch your speech. So I don't know if he's being silenced at this point. I want to talk about economic. I want to talk about stimulus. I want to talk about the second round of stimulus, which is infrastructure coming up. And then I was going to play all these clips, but let's get to it real quick. Um, I'm not convinced the president's going to run. I think Ron DeSantis, Christine Nome from South Dakota, Governor Ron DeSantis in my state of Florida. Um, I-, I think Trump's going to have some fun with this. I'm not convinced he's going to run in 2024. What do you think? Boy, I I don't know, because you have someone like Josh Hawley, who's waiting in the wings, who has been kind of his wingman, right? I mean, with all these issues, Josh Hawley has been there, the senator from Missouri. And so I think that if Trump doesn't run, it really opens the door for Josh Hawley. But obviously, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I mean, we have a lot of other people that could come out of the Republican Party with a lot of differing ideas. <coughs> That's the crazy thing is that there may be a really vibrant primary season as to where the Republican Party me, is going. Let me play one of the clips here. Let me see. When the straw poll was- let me t- this is the straw poll going on. I want you to hear this clip right here. Saw the results of the straw poll. I thought it was interesting that President. This is, by the way, this is um, for all the audience members. This is John Roberts at Carl Rove. Now I want you to listen to this because I could spin this both ways. That Trump only got fifty-five percent with all of the other people. There's like twelve other names in there. I want you to hear this clip. And is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Here's a clip. Saw the results of the straw poll. I thought it was interesting that President, former President Trump's approval rating was 97 percent. Ninety five percent said that they wanted him to continue or the party to continue his policies. Seventy percent of people said that they wanted to see him run again. But 55 percent said that they would vote for him. I thought that number might have been higher. 
Well, well absolutely, bingo. I, I, I agree entirely with you. Remember, this is a group that came to this meeting for largely one reason. President Trump was going to be there. This yeah. is the truest Trump believers. And and for him to only get 55% say he's losing. For him to only get 55%. Well, hold up, hold on, David. David, you had 12, 13 other people. They had Mike Pence. You had Ron DeSantis. 55% is still a good, decent amount. How do you spend it then? Oh, no, I'm going to disagree with you, Ed. I okay. think 55% is a paltry number, especially, I mean, listen, this is what, two months after he's left office or not even two months after he's left two office. Two months. And only 55%. Listen, right. those numbers are going to go down over time. I thought that it would be, you know, 70 to 80% range. Good point. I mean, the Pence number, that was fascinating. I mean, what was it, 1%, yeah. I think? I mean, woo. I mean, here's a guy who's been, you know, by uh, President Trump's side for the past four years and really is a true conservative. I want to I want to fly through. Stimulus is going to pass. Uh, they're going to get it on the president's uh, desk next, next week. You and I covered the 2009 wasteful amount of the Obama stimulus. Is it fair to say, I know it's conventional wisdom, the party in power always loses seats, but is it fair to say that I mean, you had a bridge to nowhere, but you had it before a lot of the Obama stimulus. But Obama, I remember in Florida, we had bike paths to nowhere. You remember we covered that as well. And they really rushed this through. And yet the thing that I wondered that propelled Republicans was Obamacare, which happened not a year before, but in March of that year. So did the spending kill the Democrats in 2010 or was it Obamacare? Because they're, I'm thinking if this has been 20, if this is 2022 right now with the wasteful amount of spending, I think this would hurt Democrats. The question is, it's going to be a year and a half later before the election comes around or are people going to remember it? Let's not forget the bank bailouts. Well, okay, good point. I think that's what started the Tea Party. That's what started this whole thing. And then when we saw the stimulus bill, we saw Obamacare, and it really was just enough is enough. So I think there were a lot of things that happened here. And listen, I think there is just spending fatigue now by people because we're seeing $1.9 trillion in this bill. And I think people are over it. I think that, you know, we're going to have almost herd immunity come this spring. We have vaccines. We have, you know, three or four vaccines. And people are like, enough is enough. Let's stop sending checks out and let's stop spending money. So I think it's just, you know, government officials, they love to spend our money, right? Because right. it's a photo op. It's a press release. But it's going to come due. And this is going to be $6 trillion. That, I mean, we're well, talking about a lot of money in a year. $6 trillion just just for this. Right, right. But also, there could be another three to four, which you've covered, with the infrastructure bill. Earmarks are going to make a comeback. So what I'm getting at is that I think the Republicans, a lot of it based on redistricting, based on the conventional wisdom, they're going to pick up the Senate. I think they can pick up one or two. The House, I think they should be able to pick up. But again, you have something a year and a half out, and sometimes you got to remind voters. But when it comes to like the infrastructure, which may not happen till later in the year, I don't know, whatever you think. But the bottom line is, is they start loading this up with a gasoline tax spending. I think this could be the death kill that could hurt Democrats. For example, hey, your congressman spent money on this when they should have been spending money on that. Are people going to remember this a year later in 2022? Oh, they will. And I agree with you about the infrastructure bill, mainly because they're going to overreach. The Democrats 
always overreach in these bills. There might be you know, money for the postal service. There's gonna be money for green energy. There's gonna be tax breaks for green energy. We're gonna see you know, across the board, just massive amounts of spending that people are gonna scratch their heads and say, wait a second, this has nothing to do with infrastructure or you know, fixing the economy or the, the roads. So I think that, and they do this all the time and they always overreach when it comes to spending. David, at the, at the Taxpayers for Tax Alliance, cause you've talked about it on my morning show, heard all throughout Florida, You've talked about, because you cover a lot of the economics and government spending. I think the thing that's going to hurt the Democrats, forget the cancel culture. I think that's bad for them. On the fiscal side, you guys have heavily covered the government waste. There's a lot of it in there. I think even the Wall Street Journal, the CBO says this is like 75% all waste is the education. Another 170 plus billion doesn't have to be spent until 2022. But yet, I think if you keep the schools closed, and, and by the way, Schools are you know, going to be done in the next few months, and who knows if they reopen in September. That is still going to be fresh. I think this could hurt in the suburban areas. I think this could hurt the Democrats, especially the amount of money coming out. People are going to sit back and say, David, you guys cover this. If all this amount of money is being spent, why are we not opening up our schools? Boy, Ed, we talk all the time about suburban moms and how they're the ones that decide elections. And listen, they may have been the ones that decided the last election, but you're right, when it comes to education, you know, people are are liberal, conservative, progressive, you know, whatever, but they wanna get their kids back in school and they want education. So when they see schools making excuses, and listen, right now, schools are making excuses not to do this. There is plenty of money that has been spent. You know, we're talking about $60 billion last year in these stimulus bills for schools and education. And I think people across the political spectrum, you know, parents of four, five-year-olds and 10-year-olds, like, listen, get them back to school already. And they're just getting frustrated. And, And, you know, no more excuses. I think they're just tired of the excuses of schools being closed. I'm I'm with you on that, and that's I think that's going to be a fascinating issue. The unions, oh, I think you and I could spend an hour on this. David Williams, uh, he comes on mornings uh, once a week on, on on my statewide syndicated show, and it's always good to have you here on Florida Daily TV from the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. This is a fascinating issue on the amount of spending. And um, it's going to be it's going to be fun watching these conservatives. In the words of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman for Full Metal Jacket, Private Powell, you are born again hard. And that's going to be watching them, as you said. Are they going to be born again on spending, David? Hopefully. But listen, just like, you know, in that Jack Nicholson movie, I'm the one on the wall protecting everybody. Ah, is that wall built yet? On that wall. Is that wall is that wall built? Oh, my word. I love that. David Williams. One of my close friends, but one of my favorites from the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. You see the website on the screen. David, good to have you on Florida Daily TV, brother. Thanks, Ed. Florida Daily TV. I'm your host, Ed Dean, publisher, right here on FloridaDaily.com. <laughs>